This is episode 372 of The Real Me and Colon, a movie podcast. On this week's episode, Chase is going to take a look at The Woman King, Viola Davis, and Sony's attempt to get into the awards conversation, and Pearl, the origin story in the prequel to the film X that played earlier this year. So what is he going to think about both of those films? You're just going to have to tune in and find out. This episode starts right now. What is going on, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Real Me and Cole in the Movie Podcast. I am your host, Chase Lee, and thank you for joining me on this day or night or whenever you're listening to this. You guys are awesome, and speaking of you guys, if you could spread this episode around and let people know this is your favorite movie podcast to listen to, that would be much appreciated. All you guys' support, week to week, episode to episode, months to months, years to years, all this whole time, you guys are awesome. Thank you for your support, and uh, I continue to do this because of you all. I love you all to death. Um, and hey, listen, maybe there's someone uh, in your family um, or a friend circle that is not a movie fan, or maybe they are a movie fan. They're looking for a movie podcast. You can just shoot you know, this episode their way. Maybe they'll get a kick out of it, and maybe they'll love to join this little community that we've all uh, kind of built together. And so, um, yeah, there is that. Like I said at the top, this is episode 372, my main topics of conversation. The Woman King, starring Viola Davis and Sony's award play uh, for this year's Oscars. And Pearl, the prequel to the film X, uh, written or co-written by uh, Ty West and Mia Goth, and directed by Ty West, and he also directed and wrote uh, X. So there is an X cinematic universe out there. Isn't that crazy? Anyways, those are the main topics of conversation, so I hope you guys tune in for both of those. But before we get all to... To all that, to everything else, I must ask, as usual, you guys doing pretty good? Everyone doing okay out there? Uh, yeah, it is uh, mid-September. Um, yeah, just busy doing this for you guys, busy at my job. Um, yeah, not really a lot going on. <laughs> um, <clears throat> excuse me, I, uh, I went to the screenings of The Woman King and Pearl. Uh, I have a screening of Goodnight Mommy, uh, the remake of the 2014 film. Uh, so that will be a, a mini review, extra review that you guys will get. Um, and then I think that's about it for this week. Um, as far as next week goes, I haven't decided what I want to do. I'll probably just have like an extra episode or something of uh, maybe some films I'll, I'll catch up on. I haven't really decided yet. Uh, and then the following week i um booked bros uh and smile so those are the two two movies that you will get uh as well as uh, i'm i'm watching don't worry darling um so you guys will get a review of that as well and then also i got i got a uh, uh um what's the right word for it? i got like uh, press credentials for fantastic fest to do it online and remotely so I might dip into that. Um, if there's some films that interest me, you guys might get a whole Fantastic Fest coverage episode. So my goodness, just so much content coming you guys' way. But like that's what's been going on this week. I've just been booking all of that stuff uh, from all the emails and everything. Um, so that's it on that front. Uh, just a little housekeeping. What have, I, what have I been catching up on with TV? Nothing much. I just got—I got to be honest with you. Um, just watching the usual stuff. So I really wanted to go over the Emmys 
uh, from the other night and just kind of go over my my general thoughts on them, uh, like the winners and like who I thought should have won um, and all that stuff. I think that'd be kind of fun. I'm just going to do kind of the bigger ones, um, you know, series and actor, actress, uh, maybe ride director. You know, we'll see how far we get before I give up. But uh, I wanted to go to the uh, Emmys website. I'm just going to kind of go in order from what they got. The Outstanding Comedy Series went to Ted Lasso. I love Ted, Ted Lasso, but honestly, I would have gone with Barry uh, just because Barry season three was pretty spectacular. Ted Lasso season two was was great. Only Murders in the Building, awesome. What We Do in the Shadows, super funny. But Barry just took it to a whole different level and dimension with that season, and I thought Bill Hader did a fantastic job directing, I think, half of those episodes. And he's directing season four, the whole thing. So that's going to be awesome. But yeah, you know, Ted Lasso, not a bad pick. <laughs> Excuse me, but I would have gone with Barry personally. Uh, outstanding lead actor in a comedy series. Jason Sudeikis won as Ted Lasso again. Uh, he's won a couple times now. Uh, I personally would have gone with Bill Hader. Uh, once again, uh, for Barry, I just, once again, I thought season three really did something um, different than season two and one, it was a bit slow at the start, but as it kind of got going, it, it really just kind of stuck the landing. And I just, I could not believe what I was watching towards like the last, like two or three episodes. It was intense television, but, uh, yeah, that would have been my pick, but Jason Sudeikis for Ted Lasso, not a bit big, not a bad pick. Outstanding lead actress in a comedy series went to Gene Smart for hacks. I've never seen hacks, so I can't really judge it. Um, and the only show I've seen is I've seen three episodes of Abbott Elementary for uh, Quinta Brunson, and I've seen The Great with Elle Fanning, and Elle Fanning is great, but I have really no skin in this game with this con uh, uh, category because I haven't watched a lot of these. So and I've seen like the pilot to the flight attendant for Kaylee Cuoco's nomination, but that's it. And I really want to watch Insecure with Issa Rae. I just haven't gotten to it yet. Next one. Outstanding Supporting Actor in a Comedy Series went to Brett Goldstein for uh, Tad Lasso as uh, Roy Kent. That's it's a great pick. Um, I mean, he's outstanding on that show. A lot of uh, humanity to that character, even though he's very brash on the outside. But uh, my personal pick... You, you know what? I'll still, I'll still go with Brett Goldstein. I like Anthony Kerrigan and like Barry... Uh, Henry Winkler and Barry is also great. And Tyler James Williams, when I saw him in the three episodes of Abbott Elementary, he was funny. But Brett Goldstein is not a bad pick. So, you know, uh, I'm cool with that one. Uh, outstanding Supporting Actress in a Comedy Series uh, went to Cheryl Lee Ralph uh, for Abbott Elementary. Uh, she, her speech was really great. Uh, really just came from the heart. Really emotional. I really dug it. Uh, but as far as all the nominees... You know, I've seen Ted Lasso and I've seen Abbott Elementary. So, you know, I'm cool with either either one from any of those shows. And there's like six nominees. So, uh, yeah, you know, it is what it is. Um, let's guess actor. Guess actress. Oh, this one has been causing a lot of, um, let's just say, stirring up online. I was standing directing for a comedy series. Uh, Ted Lasso won for the No Weddings and a Funeral episode. My personal pick was uh, Barry. Um, it, because it's the episode where the chase scene happens on the highway. It's 
some of the most intense uh, car chase scenes I've seen in quite some time, and they were all done on motorcycles. Um, the the use of minimal sound design and just quick editing and just just really just intense direction. It just it, it was something that I really wish could have been acknowledged, but it was not. Um, you know, Ted Lasso, good stuff, but yeah, my personal pick would have been Barry for that one. Uh, outstanding writing for a comedy series, Abbott Elementary for the pilot. Yeah, I agree. Um, that's a very funny show, uh, and the pilot was awesome. I would have liked to seen it gone to What We Do in the Shadows as well, or, or Only Murders in the Building, or Barry, or Ted Lasso. Like, any kind of these people could have wanted, but uh, Abbott Elementary, great pick uh, for the pilot. Outstanding drama series, Succession, great. I can play the theme right now for you guys, but I don't want to get copyrighted copyright strike but succession winning uh i believe is this its second time or third time uh like in a row because this is for season three season three is a phenomenal season but man going up some some stiff competition ozark was in its final season euphoria season two was i think better than season one better call saul um for its last season first half of episodes i have a theory on that in just a second uh, Severance was great. Never saw Squid Game. Uh, I really want to, though. Stranger Things 4. I never saw Yellow Jackets, but I've heard great things as well. The reason why Better Call Saul is not <laughs> going to win anything this go-around is because there's still six episodes that are in contention for next year. And that's the truth. And so I know they've been nominated like 46 times. Uh, Better Call Saul throughout its entire run. They've never won anything. They might do it next year. If AMC wants to do a campaign for them for the last final six episodes, um, they could definitely have potential at that point. But yeah, just uh, yeah, it, it sucks that they haven't won, but they do have a chance next year. And so them not winning is okay with me, but I'm hoping next year something happens. Because um, I really adore that show. And it's it's done now. And I think after 40-something nominations, like, get something. Come on. <laughs> but uh, Succession, great show. You know, I'm not going to complain about it. Outstanding lead actor in a drama series went to Lee Jung Jae um, for Squid Game. Once again, didn't see it, so I can't judge. But Jason Bateman for Ozark and Bob Odenkirk, both respectively in their final seasons of their TV shows. Hmm. You know, I could have gone with either one of those. Brian Cox, Adam Scott, Jeremy Strong. You know, out of the shows I have seen, they're all phenomenal. And I'm sure Lee Jung-jae uh, deservedly win, uh, uh, is, you know, wins the Emmy. Um, and I'm sure he's great on Squid Game. And so I'm sure this was just stiff competition. Uh, that's what it sounds like. So, you know, uh, teach their own. But uh, I, I need to watch Squid Game now. I really do. Outstanding lead actress in a drama series, Zendaya, won her second one in a row for Euphoria. That's insane. Good job to her. Second season of Euphoria was just absolutely outstanding. The episode that really broke me the most was the episode that was primarily in their home, where she was talking to her mother about um, her addiction and just addiction in general and it was just a roller coaster. It was a whirlwind of emotion. It was a fantastic episode, but season two was awesome. Never saw Killing Eve. 
Laura Laney in Ozark, she's awesome. Um, Reese Witherspoon in The Morning Show, she's good, but, uh, you know. And then uh, Melanie Linsky, I've always really enjoyed in, like, uh, independent films and stuff and kind of smaller fare. So uh, it's great to see that her being nominated for Yellow Jackets. I need to watch that show as well. Outstanding um, supporting actor in a drama series went to Tom, or uh, went to Matthew McFadden uh, for uh, Succession. I think that's deserved. He in season three made that whole season. Um, the sliminess that Tom goes through, and the fact that he stuck that disgusting landing on the last episode, and I'm like, okay, okay, I see what you're trying to do. I'm gonna see uh, how you carry this forward in season four, sir. Um, but no, that was a great character moment for him. Really pivotal um, for the entire family. And I think he deservedly uh, gets that award for sure. But like everyone else on here, uh, out of all the shows that I have seen. Supporting actress in a drama series went to Julia Garner uh, for Ozark. I think this is like her second or third time winning it for this show. She's phenomenal on Ozark. She really is. Um, but. You know, Patricia Arquette in, uh, for Severance, she was really great. Rhea Seahorn for Better Call Saul. It's like uh, Sarah Snook for Succession. So, you know, Sydney Sweeney for Euphoria. A lot of great talent on here. I think just this came down to, I guess, them uh, honoring Ozark one last time. Um, you know, and maybe that gives me hope for next year that Rhea Seahorn could finally get it for Better Call Saul. If anything, just let her win it. I know, uh, I know Bob doesn't really care to win it, um, but he really uh, loves Rhea as a, as a co-star and a friend and everything, and I really just hope all that support and love pours in her direction and she can win it for next year, but we'll see. All right, uh, these are guest actors. Guest actor. Um... I was staying directing for a drama series because the comedy series a little earlier. Squid Game won it. Um, once again, I have not seen it, but I I thought maybe I mean Secession was nominated for three spots on this, so I figured they had the better chance. But great uh, on Squid Game uh, makes me want to watch it even more. Um, and then of course like Severance from Ben Stiller and Ozark, the Jason Bateman direct episode, all just wonderful stuff. So. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's tough to competition. Stanley writing for a drama series went to Succession. Um, you know, that or Better Call Saul uh, or Severance or, or Ozark out of the ones I've seen, I'm comfortable with all of them. Um, yeah, so, you know, it's kind of hard to get mad. Um, that's just a tough category. But standing limited or anthology series, and this actually won for writing and directing and overall limited or anthology series the white mother freaking lotus um i love this show it's it's weird it's kooky it's a great mystery it's a dark comedy it's got interesting characters and i i love it i'm glad it won uh it swept the whole like limited series category and season two comes out here pretty soon but that's pretty much it excuse me guys i'm getting over this cough still but um yeah that was the emmys a lot of ones that were surprising because uh, my girlfriend and I, we set our ballots out. Uh, she made her picks. I made my picks. Uh, she beat me ha single-handedly. Uh, she got like 12 right. I got like seven right. 
but there was a lot of them that surprised both of us. So, hey, an exciting award show, and I couldn't ask for a better night. So, yeah, so what did you guys think of the Emmys? Please let me know down below what you thought of the award show, other other ones that you wish could be nominated or won or vice versa, all that stuff. Let me know. But let's not waste any more time, and let's jump into all these movies that I'm talking about. And well, all these movies, I make it sound like it's like four or five, but... Uh, when we come back from the break, I want to talk about The Woman King, uh, the film from Sony and uh, starring Viola Davis. And this is going to be kind of the, Sony's award play. Uh, and also, maybe first good movie of the year. Their year's been kind of rough. Uh, so, uh, yeah, when we come back from our sponsored ad break from uh, Movie Palette, I will be going over The Woman King. Hi, it's me interrupting me. And I just wanted to take a break to thank the sponsor of this review, Movie Palette. Movie Palette takes the concept of the movie poster to the next level. Movie Palette consists of stripes of colors carefully chosen by their team of artists. Every stripe represents a color of a particular scene in a movie and is put in chronological order on the canvas. There are so many movies to pick from, and it doesn't even stop there. They also have whole seasons of TV shows. I recently moved and I needed some things to put on my wall, and I was getting tired of putting up traditional movie posters and wanting something different, and Movie Palette stepped up to the plate. The movie palette that I chose was one of my favorite movies of all time, Logan. This gorgeous palette is a constant reminder of how beautiful this film is and how each scene evokes a different emotion all through its language of color, not to mention a great conversation starter. This is a unique piece to any film and TV lover's home and I want to help you get one. Use the discount code CHASE15 for 15% off of any product on their website. Film is art, so why not display your favorite as such? That's 15% off of your order when you use the code CHASE15. And welcome back from the break. Thank you to our sponsor, Movie Palette, for sponsoring this episode of the Real Me and Colin Movie Podcast. And let's not waste any more time. Let's talk about The Woman King. So what is this movie about? A historical epic that is based in alternate history of the Kingdom of Dahomey, one of the most powerful states of Africa in the 18th and 19th centuries. So that is your plot right there. And, you know, going into this, I was super excited for it because the trailers looked phenomenal. Viola Davis can do no wrong in my eyes. She is a queen. I have adored her in everything that I've seen her in. She can be in blockbusters like the Suicide Squad, which I absolutely hate, but she's amazing as Amanda Waller. And then she can break your heart and completely crush you going up against Denzel Washington and Fences. It's just, this woman is, she's the GOAT. She really is. And so, when I saw the trailer, not only was I excited because she was in it, but it looked really great. And Sony, to me, has not had a film this year where I've been super excited about. Never saw Uncharted. Didn't like Morbius. And so they never had, like, a really good film in my eyes from this year that I was like, I need to see this now. With The Woman King, not only are they proclaiming that they want to have their version of Gladiator in theaters this year. They also want to have an awards play. And it looks like it could have some awards consideration with performances or or direction, best picture, screenplay. Who knows? The trailer, it told me all of that. I was like, this has potential. So after watching it, I like this movie a lot. And to be quite honest with you, since it's been slim pickings throughout this entire year with top 10 consideration, this easily takes a spot for right now just because 
it blew me away on every single front. Um, this is a wonderful movie. And if you can go see it with an audience, go see it with an audience. I saw it with a packed house. And to have everyone so emotionally moved by the story and the characters and the twists and turns that happen, it was amazing. It was just like watching this rich drama unfold on screen and everyone's so involved into these people's lives. And so when revelations would happen or intense moments would be brewing, like they'd just be, they'd be into it. You'd be hearing the gasp and the, 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 um, the ahs and the oohs and the everything in the audience. I, I loved it. I loved it, loved it, loved it. It was a great theater going experience. And so if you can go see this movie in a theater, I would highly suggest you to do so. It was, it was a really, I, there's nothing bad to say about this movie. I'm just gonna be upfront with you. It's that good. Um, it just a, a really great underdog story, a great story of, of strength and courage. Um, I love the, the character work. I love the emotional core that's at the heart of this thing with, kind of hard to talk about without spoilers, but, you know, let's just say family uh, and just, uh, you know, how you treat your family and uh, and just what you do to protect them at all costs. And like, I, I don't know, I just, everything about it, thematically, character, story, everything just works for me. So I want to start with uh, director Gina Prince-Bythewood. Uh, uh, not only did she create a fantastic story, of one one little girl who um I mean she's not really little she's like 19 in the movie but like you know she's trying to find her way she she her dad's trying to pawn her off into a marriage that she doesn't want to go to and so she kind of ends up in um uh Viola Davis and her you know watch and everything and so we get to see her kind of be that warrior that's fighting within her and as she is fighting and climbing up the ranks, we are also seeing Vi Viola Davis's character also have internal battles of her own because she tells her early on that it is not great for you to cry as a warrior. You need to hold that back. And so there is a, there, there's a great callback scene towards the end of it that makes, it just makes the whole journey worth it. Um, because yes, she has this strong, uh, interior and she does this in front of all of the potential soldiers that she's, um, you know, training deep down, there's something in her, uh, that's just waiting to get out. Um, and she just doesn't have a lot of people to kind of, uh, console that to. And so it's just, it's, it's a, it's a warrior story. It's a human story. And I just thought, uh, Gina, from a, a narrative perspective, really takes you uh, on this uh, emotional journey. And I loved every second of it. Production-wise, really great stuff. Uh, I don't know who was the production designer on this, but the towns that were created really felt authentic. The costumes, authentic. The weapons, the environment. It just, you feel like you are there in the 18th and kind of 19th century uh, realm. And it's just, it's wonderful, man. I, I don't know who was a part of that on the crew, but they did a fantastic job recreating all that and bringing that to life. Uh, I truly felt like I was watching uh, an epic uh, story from like medieval times, you know, like when I was a kid and I saw Gladiator for the first time, that I felt that watching this the same way in terms of like scope and just uh, aesthetic and everything, I really enjoyed it from that standpoint. But yeah, um, I think uh, Gina 
uh, Prince uh, Bythewood really just kind of showed us that she can handle epic stories like this and really kind of bring it to the big screen and make you feel like you are watching an experience. And uh, I, I, I really adore her for that. So thank you. The performances are out of this world. They just are. Uh, I'm going to start with um, uh, the two that are kind of Viola Davis's kind of right hand women. Uh, Sheila Adam and Lashana Lynch. Uh, really cool that they're <laughs> both from the Marvel movies, but um, they're awesome as these kind of like badass warriors that fight side by side with Viola Davis. And they kind of have like a, a, like a brightness to their personality. They kind of break character and kind of go up to children and let them know that like they are heroes that they can look up to. They also, you know, crack jokes and they understand when it's uh, time to be serious. And they have a really just warm and inviting personality. But that also works because there's a lot of like new soldiers that they're training. And they really just kind of have this motherly presence or I guess sisterly presence because Viola Davis is like the motherly presence. But I really enjoyed their um, stamp into this movie. Uh, and I'm not going to say like what happens with their journey as their characters, but it got me. It, there was one of them that got me uh, in terms of just where the characters go and how they end. Uh, one of them got me. I was just like, man, that that caught me off guard. And I was like, that that person didn't have to end their journey like that. So, but yeah, I really liked uh, their presence. Um, and they are the, I guess, the uh, second listed in terms of like performances. They're that good. But the two that are at the core of this film, Viola Davis and Thuzo Mbedu. Um, I hope I pronounced that correctly, but uh, Thuzo is the one that plays um, this uh, the warrior that we see at the start of the film that gets kind of uh, brought into this group of warriors. They tr uh, she goes through training. She uh, discovers a lot about herself and her family and her past. And Viola Davis is seeing something within this uh, particular person, but she uh, doesn't want to pick favorites. She's trying to push her because she sees greatness. And of course, there's a lot of things unraveled about her past and everything. And maybe there's a connection between the two. Um, but these two are the stars of this film. The absolute core of this narrative, the performances, everything. I'm going to start with Thuzo first. The way she starts, she is apprehensive at first. Like, hey, she's like, I don't want to really want to train. And they're like, well, where else are you going to go? Like, your dad is going to marry you off to, you know, this random person. Like, stay here and, you know, fight like a warrior and, like, do something with your life. So she sticks around and just seeing her fail and go over... Um, hurdles and come out the other end stronger than ever was such a great uh, hero's journey to see from that standpoint. Um, I'm going to flip over to Viola Davis. Viola Davis is a strong presence in this film. She cuts through each scene with this uh, magnitude that's just unmatched from any other actress that I can ever recall. Every time when she's on screen, you stop and you listen and you engage with whatever she's saying. 
She's that good. And she is able to lead uh, not only a film just uh, theoretically, but lead um, uh, a group of soldiers like this to victory. Um, and, you know, th there are certain uh, areas that they have to go in there are super dangerous. Um, they do not have guns. And so just seeing her fight through all of that on a physical level as like this gladiator uh, type uh, person, really great stuff. Like she can hold her own in action scenes. She has the physical presence. You believe everything that she says. But what I really liked about her character the most is that there's a lot going on inside of her that she is not ready to discuss with people. And as we see as an audience member have it just kind of unravel before our very eyes, you really start to understand like why she's decided to take this path of you know, strength and just moving forward and not taking any crap from anyone. And the final two, I guess, scenes of the film really broke me down. Um, not, not the final two. It's kind of hard to decipher it time-wise, but there's a particular scene in like a pool area and a scene at the end of the film where Viola Davis tells you, I am the best of all time. And as you're watching her performance, the, the timidness, the, uh, the emotional weight that she carries on her shoulders, and the fact that she's able to just kind of let it go for the first time in her life to someone that she's never met, and she she feels so strongly and passionate about like what she's saying. She's finally able to be true to herself. It killed me. It wrecked me as I was watching it. Viola Davis is really great at facial acting, and if you ever watch her performances, like she knows she knows how to utilize her eyes and look uh, away if she needs to. She knows how to um, hold back her tears as she kind of has this angst on her face and then she finally lets go. Like it's all about control in her face. And it is, it's like watching a master just work at their craft. Um, so there's a couple scenes in particular that killed me, but um, Viola Davis really um, has that balance of strength, uh, mentorship. And then of course, um, just being just human at the core and just seeing her just uh, have her emotions just kind of be unleashed was really powerful to watch. And then Thuzo, um, she was, she was bright with her personality. She was, uh, uh, she was strong when she needed to be. She was great in her fight scenes. I, I just enjoyed watching her and their camaraderie between one another as teacher and student. Great. She's resistant at first. She cracks a lot of jokes. Viola Davis whips her into shape. And then she starts to kind of like seriously train. I, I don't know. I just like their whole dynamic. And um, I, I really, uh, yeah, I just, I, I don't know what else to say. I just, I really enjoyed them on screen together. So uh, let's see what else. To, uh, the music. Music's also really great. Kind of just taps into classic like 90s films that I remember watching of like stuff of the same nature of like medieval times or like you know, um, warriors of a specific, like, 
group they have to like fight against you know tyranny or whoever the villain is or whatever like i i just uh, I, I thought the music was really sweeping and it really just kind of um really tapped in to the overall um tone of the movie and the atmosphere it was just a great mood setter for sure so that's about it i don't know what else more to say i kind of just gushed on it a little bit too long but this is a fantastic film i think you should really go seek it out um and just watch something different you know a lot of some of the same stuff has been playing in theaters and it's just i don't know this is just a nice breath of fresh air and those are my thoughts on The Woman King. Please let me know down below what you thought of the film. And then when we come back from the second break, this uh, little short break here, we're going to be talking about Pearl, the prequel and origin story to the film X that came out earlier this year. Stay tuned. The movie I want to talk about is Pearl. Now, this one comes to us from A24, and it hits theaters this Friday, September 16th, if you choose to watch this film, regardless of what I'm about to say. So what is this movie about? Well, it's actually a prequel to the film X, which came out earlier this year in March, I believe. And this is the story of how Pearl, played by Mia Goth, became the vicious killer seen in the movie X. So that is the plot on IMDb. It's pretty much that. Uh, it is a prequel to the movie X, and we kind of focus on these characters set in the year 1918 versus uh, X, where it was set in the uh, the 70s. So going back a, a few years, just just a smidge. And so going into this, I didn't know what to expect. I knew Ty West shot both of the films back to back, and so I was curious to know how much story and how much character can you pull out of this specific character and create a whole narrative around it? So that was my fascination uh, with it. And, you know, Ty West uh, spoke before the film started um, um, uh, from their Alamo location in, uh, I think, New York. And so he was saying that, like, they, this movie wasn't even supposed to happen. Like, he and me and Goth got together and realized that her character was really interesting and that they can create a whole narrative around it. So they actually uh, got the funding and the permission to go to New Zealand to film an X. And so Ty West was like, well, what if we did this? And H24 was like, no, just stick to the film that you were supposed to go down there for. Uh, and that's it. So um, while they were quarantined for two weeks, uh, Ty West and Mia Goth wrote Pearl. They shipped it off to A24 and they liked it so much that they greenlit it. Uh, before X was even shot. And so they basically just told him to stay down there and film both of them back to back with a three week, three week break in between. So interesting little backstory. So I have seen the trailers for it everywhere. I've seen the posters for it everywhere. I like the retro look to it. Uh, Ty West is very great with aesthetic and really kind of um, drawing many influences from many decades of uh, film and and horror and just everything. And he, he kind of just makes it his own unique thing. And I, I really appreciate that. So um, with all that said, going into it, I only saw it. And I would say this film is okay. There's definitely some things I like about it, but I think overall, this is a, a fine attempt at a prequel to this, uh, uh, the film X and this kind of universe, because there's going to be a third one now. So I don't hate this film. I don't necessarily love it, but I think it's a it's it's a very bold attempt to really create a narrative around this character and backstory and just flesh that out. And I, I really enjoyed a lot of things about this film, but I think overall I'm just kind of in the middle with it. 
So let's start with director Ty West. What The one thing I really like about what Ty did in this film and he did in X is that there is a an aesthetic here that's really pleasing to the eye. The fact that he was able to nail the 70s and now the 1918s pretty well is outstanding. The production design, the costuming, the, uh, the Technicolor bolstered color correction in this film, all of it's wonderful. It's stellar work. And I cannot believe for two films back-to-back -back that they filmed, they were able to recreate the towns and uh, the houses and, and everything to kind of fit that era. And I really appreciate it from that front. So it's just, it's very pleasing to the eye. A lot of work went into it. And so I think just atmospherically and as a great backbone to the story and this character, great direction, great production design and great co costuming. Mm. On top of all that, another great thing is the music really just um, has this, fantastical feeling to it this old school feeling to it and it really fits once again the era and just the overall emotion of how the character is feeling and just how we are feeling as an audience member it just it's very um it's very boisterous it's very fantastical like i said uh the music is also a great accompany accompaniment to that as far as the actual story goes there's a lot of similar things in this film that there is an x there is a sexual liberation and freedom uh, to these characters and the theme. Uh, there's a lot of oppression that a lot of the women face uh, in these time eras and having them really just wanting to be their own person and be independent and, and take charge of their life and chase after their dreams. And there's a lot of great things that we can all kind of pull from as, uh, as people ourselves and things that we can see inside of these people that we all aspire to be like we want to all chase our dreams and we all want to be free and, and liberated from um the shackles that may be in our lives like there's a lot of things that everyone can kind of pull from um <clears throat> excuse me um and the one thing that kind of uh goes with that is the character pearl pearl's a killer spoiler alert, she is um you know if you've seen the movie x or if you know this is a horror film or if you even look at the poster, you can kind of get the sense that there's something kind of off with her. But there's a monologue towards the end of the film that makes you real feel really empathetic uh, towards her and understand like what she's going through and why she thinks the way she thinks and why she is going through these um, uh, changes in her life and like why she is going down certain paths. And it was interesting because like as, as Mia Goth was really wonderful with, uh, with her performance and really just um, uh, emotionally just poignant. I felt to myself like, wow, like, yeah, she's done some pretty horrible things on screen, but like you, you feel for her. You really do. And that makes for a very well-rounded character. She's not just like this one dimensional walking, you know, Michael Myers type character where she's going around just killing people and there's really nothing to her. There's a lot to her. The problem is she can't express her feelings. She can't express any of this stuff. And so at the end of the film, when there's this amazing monologue from Mia Goth, it really puts it in perspective on just how well-rounded this character is. And it makes you feel for her. And that, like I said, it kind of goes with the themes of like oppression and, and feeling free and liberated with your life and taking control of your life. Um, 
yeah, and so I thought the story was pretty good from that standpoint. Um, but I think overall, the story did not grab me as much as X did. And I think it might be just because it's focusing on one character specifically instead of a group. With X, there is a group of people that we can all kind of like, there's different personalities, there's, there's, there's different viewpoints, there's different aspirations, like there's different things that we can kind of like um, uh, gather and I don't know, it just makes it for a richer story, I guess, with some of the themes that are going on. This is fine, but it is just focusing on one. And I think that's why I felt a little, a little hollow while watching this as, as much as, um, uh, as, as, not as much as I did with X, but um, yeah, I, 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 I was acknowledged when I was seeing. It. I was like, "This is great," but I just there was something about me that was just like, "This is fine," but it's it didn't have the same impact with me as X did. Um, but with the story and all everything going on, I think Ty West did a pretty, uh, pretty good job for the most part. And Mia Goth also did a great, great job being his co-writer. Speaking of Mia Goth, she's wonderful in this. Absolutely kinetic type of performance where you just cannot take your eyes off of her. She is, she's got range. She's got emotional depth. There's a lot of pain and suffering behind this person, but there's also a, an, innocent, an innocence and sweetness to her. She can flip on a dime. It's the type of balancing performance that I really like to see in any type of performer where you can just like own that scene. Take us on this roller coaster from start to finish. And where did we start in the scene and where did we end? Case in point, that monologue that I'm talking about, really wonderful stuff. And it's a, a showcase into how you should perform a monologue for sure. Like it, it's, it's really, it was really great stuff. So, Mia Goth owns this movie. Everyone else is actually quite good too. Uh, really, just kind of playing into the aesthetic of 1918, and I really uh, enjoyed everyone else. But Mia Goth, she's the sole uh, person of this film. She was great next. She's great in this one. Two completely different characters because uh, they're in two different time uh, eras, but the same uh, same intensity that Mia Goth brings, and I just I really like it. Um, pretty much touched upon everything else yeah listen if you're a fan of x i think you'll like this movie you might like it e even more than x i have no clue but the one thing I, I i will always appreciate ty west for doing is that not only is does it stand alone on its own two feet um but it's also it's also made differently than than x like he really leans into the whole like 1918 kind of almost like silent pre-silent era, like pre-color, uh, you know, film like and then in X, it's very um, it's very um, kind of reminds you of like Friday the 13th. Like he really leans into both of them in terms of the eras that they represent. And I really, really thought that that was genius on his part because he's also the editor on both of the films. So. Um, yeah, I, I thought he did, you know, pretty, a pretty good job for what he, what he had. So listen, is it something I would recommend as a person that liked X quite a bit? I'd still say yes. Go check it out. I'm looking forward to the sequel as well. 
build as many as you want in this universe because at least I know that Ty West is the type of filmmaker um, that brings a lot of passion and a lot of creativity to all of his films. And Mia Goth, I just love her involvement in all of this, so I continue to hope she works with Ty West forever. And that is my review on Pearl. Please let me know down below what you thought of the film and uh, I know your thoughts on Woman King as well. I want to know all of that. Please let me know. But that will do it for this episode of the Real Me and Cold Movie Podcast. Episode 372 is in the bag. Next, uh, I don't know if it's next week, but the next episode for 373 will for sure be bros and smile. So I think I might take next week off so I can kind of figure out what movies I need to catch up on and extra stuff. And if I want to do the fantastic best, like kind of online virtual um, thing. So I'm going to take next week off to kind of just figure out like what I'm going to be doing for all of you. But I, so I'm going to just say the episode 373 will be over bros and smile. Um, you know, bros is a comedy uh, written it, uh, by Billy Eichner and starring him and Nicholas Stoller directed by him as well. So I'm looking forward to that one. Smile is that horror film from Paramount where like you smile people to death. I don't know. It looks stupid, but I'm ready for it. So um, take it next week off. Gonna figure out a bunch of stuff and then I will uh, definitely come back um, for the last week in September. So look forward to that. But all of that said, thank you for joining me on this episode of the Real Me and Coleman Movie Podcast. You guys are awesome. Thank you for joining me. As always, I'm Chase. Thank you to our sponsor, Movie Palette, for this episode. And I'll see you guys for the next one.